Hey, it's Lily. And this is Rebecca. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. <laughs> that was actually pretty sexy. That was, that was, that sexy. was good. <laughs> I think that every episode is just us patting ourselves on the back or putting ourselves down for the melody or the harmony that we had at the, True. At the beginning of the show. True. Um, so yeah, you guys, rate us on iTunes and or what is it, Apple or Apple. Spotify or however you Anything. listen to us. Let us know what you think of our harmonies. <laughs> but give it five stars just so we can keep yeah. the ratings up. Let us know, but don't really let us know. Just, just You just. can hate on us in our email, just like nowhere else where people can publicly see it because <laughs> we're just trying to like build our brand here. Um, which I feel like we don't talk about this enough, but I, it's really important, especially for people that are listening to us on Apple Podcasts um, mm-hmm. to, you know, Give us a review. Rate us five stars, preferably. I mean, if you have to, four. Because sometimes we go off top topic. I understand, but like tough shit. Um, but yeah, like rate us five stars. Um, give us a nice review. Uh, we definitely, it's definitely important for us to you know build going up the charts. I feel yeah. like I don't know if we talked about in the first episode, uh, or at least I don't think we know. I don't think we talked about this. What are your 2020 goals? Like what's your new year's resolution? Oh boy. My new year's resolution. Shit. What was it? Just to, uh, sleep better. Sleep better. That's a good one. Yeah. It was to sleep better and to just kind of be nicer to myself. Have you been like looking up like online, like different practices that you can do? Yeah. I mean, mostly what it is, is just less of my phone before bed. Yeah. But it's such a catch 22 because for me it's the routine and I get nighttime anxiety really bad. Yeah. So I need to do like a word search or a crossword or, Uh uh, you know, Sudoku or something. Like I need to do something with my brain. It helps you, but it also hurts you. Exactly. So trying to figure that out. What about you? That's a good one. Um... I just think that really like building the brand specifically like with Jess Gooley things I think mm-hmm. is a huge 2020 goal. Oh, absolutely. Like I definitely want to be on the charts of all the podcast streaming yes. sites for sure. I think, and I think that that's capable because we have some awesome boo things out there that really help support we us. We really do. And, 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 you know, if, if you feel so inclined to pause right now and give us five stars, we would not mind. And review us, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, post about what your favorite episode mm-hmm. was, you know. Um, yes. And then, and that's also just, even with helping us with ideas for episodes, it really does. Because yeah. sometimes we, like, I'm guilty of having writer's block or really not knowing what yeah. to talk about. And yeah. you guys just really help motivate us. And sometimes, like, I, like I'm not going to lie, sometimes doing this, it's tiring. Like, it's a lot of yeah. research that we put in. A lot of hours editing and making sure everything's perfect for you guys, finding memes, creating memes. Yeah. So, um, just, but you guys are totally worth it because, you know, you guys remind us why we do what we do. Yeah. So. No, the fee- the feedback and everything is 100% worth it. But yeah, I open up my little meme app mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, what can I, yeah. what, what, what can I kind of riff off of today? <laughs> and I've been, I've been having some some kind of meme memers block yeah. lately too. I mean, obviously we, since we record in advance, like you can't tell, but as of today, it's been a couple days since I actually like made something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's and overwhelming. I, I sit, th- I sit there and I open it up and I just kind of like pick something random and I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, and it started out as just being really like niche memes, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to broaden them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll another news resolution. Yes. Focus on those memes. Yes. And that's then, what I'm going to be doing the whole 
whole like I'm I'm going on vacation soon. That whole plane ride is gonna yes. be is gonna be until I can fall asleep. I'm just gonna be memeing. Speaking now that you spoke of vacation, um, so where are you gonna be going? Because when this is being um, when this is being put out, you're going to be going on a certain special vacation. I'm going to Disney World. I, am I will so jealous. Be of you. in you Disney have World. No idea. Yeah. That's you want to awesome. come? I'll stick you in my suitcase. Holy shit! I wish. Oh, I wish. Like, don't don't leave promises like that because I will totally get in your carry on. I don't care if it goes over thirty pounds. Your dad will pay the extra thirty dollars to put me in. Like, he would. Check me he in, would. So yeah. that's fine. Um, but um, yeah. So what? What exactly are you going to all the parks? Like, yes. Do you have an itinerary? So we will be. I mean, we're going to go to all four of the main parks. Um, we're gonna. My dad's going down there to run the marathon down there, mm-hmm. the Disney. Oh, marathon. awesome! Yeah, or the half marathon. I thought that was during Christmas. Day. They do. They do a lot. Oh, there's okay. a whole uh, run Disney sponsor us. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, there's a whole lot of different kinds of races mm-hmm. and functions and stuff that they do down there, and they, like they do the Disney Princess half marathon. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So, but my father's far from a Disney princess. <laughs> He's a New Jersey lawyer. So. <laughs> It's quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, poor Mike. He just crushed his dreams. He's like, he's sitting there with his little tiara listening to us and be like, fuck. You're like, shit, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so speaking of vacation and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. what are we talking about today, Rebecca? We are going to be talking about haunted vacations. Ooh. So, you know, it's... I, when we were talking about this as an idea, which mm-hmm. was your idea, um, at first I was thinking of doing things of finding haunted location spots. Yeah. But I feel like that would be good for like a summer episode or something. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, so this episode, we're going to be talking about people's experiences while they were on vacation, to be yes. more specific. Yes. And a real quick disclaimer. I typed into Reddit and Google haunted vacation stories, and it was—it's not as easy as it seems. Not so, at all. a lot of mine are from either summer camps or camping trips. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that there were a lot of those. So maybe we'll do one episode later on. That's just all camping horror we could probably, yeah, stories. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, too. but I feel um, like nothing ever good comes out of a camping trip. Nope. Except some good ass s'mores. S'mores. Love s'mores. Yes. Ugh. Okay. So, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Uh, you start us off, Rebecca. Okay. All right. So, this one is titled, My Vacation Ghost. So, it doesn't really give us a lot of uh, hints of what's going on in the story. Um, it reads, A few months ago, in July, I took a vacation to San Antonio, Texas. We stayed in my grandpa's house, and mind you, the house was huge. But when I stepped into the house, I felt a heaviness on my shoulders, like a feeling of guilt. But I shook it off, just thinking it was nothing, and just continued to admire the house. The house was humongous, with a theater and a game room and seven bedrooms. See, you know this is Texas, because it's probably like $200,000 to buy it. Everything's bigger in Texas. Texas. See, but this house is probably $200,000 in New Jersey, like a shack. It's like a million dollars, so gotta move to Texas. True, true. So, and continues, twirling upstairs, uh, twirling stairs going up. 
I was just so amazed by the house. So anyways, let's skip to later that day. Around six that day, I was upstairs in the theater by myself, mind you. It's crazy. I laid on the recliner and watched a movie. About 40 minutes into the movie, the lights turned off. We had dimming lights inside the theater, but I kept them on because I don't like being in the darks, in dark spaces, just FYI. I paused my movie and went to see if anyone was messing with me, but nothing. The, door were clo- the doors were closed and no one was in the theater. So I got up, left the theater, and looked around the upstairs to see if anyone was upstairs. Nothing. So I shook it off and went back into the theater, but then the TV turned off. Mm-hmm. I remember exactly that I didn't turn it off. So I wanted to finish my movie, but it was so spooked to go back in there. Yeah. So I turned off the lights, left the theater, and went into my room. Now, at this time, it was like 11 at night, the same day. Everyone in my family was downstairs playing a game of Uno. So I was alone upstairs. I had my phone charging in my room while playing music, while I sat on my bed and doing some of my summer math work. Not even five minutes into working, my music turned off. So I paused what I was doing, checked my Spotify to see what my music, uh, seeing what caused my music to pause, which was very weird because it's never done that before. So I sat there trying to fix my music. Every time I pressed the play button, it would go back to being paused. So I ended up giving up and just went back on the bed to continue my work. About another five minutes later, I pick up my head to stretch, and the sink room, it's in the room, there's a sink that leads into the bathroom, so the sink room light was turned on, and it flickered on and off, then off completely. I got up, checked the light by switching the light switch to see if the light blew out, but it didn't. It was a fine working light bulb. Mind you, at this point, I believed in ghosts, but I never experienced this much activity in my life, so I just made up excuses of real-life scenarios. So I left the room and went downstairs to ask my grandpa mm-hmm. if he had electricity problems with the house, because if he did, it would explain the theater light turning off, the TV going off, mm-hmm. and the light in the bathroom. Um, oh, boy. So, let's see. But he said no, so there was still a question mark for all those mishaps. So I shook it off like before and just ignored them. And that's all that happened for that day. For <gasps> next week... You know what I just what? remembered? What? My grandfather... Growing up, he lived in a really big house. Okay. He lived in, I mean, it was among mansions, right? Huge house. My brother and I were exploring one day because the woman he was married to wasn't my grandmother. Uh-huh. Um, she didn't like me and my brother, so she would make us play in, like, this really small playroom oh, that was actually a laundry room. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we found a crawl space once filled with, like, clown dolls. No, no, cancel, <laughs> no, no, cancel. I just remembered that. Holy shit. Okay, continue. I, I don't, I don't. Oh, my gosh. I'm texting my brother when I get home. I don't. Asking if he remembers like, the time we found clown dolls that. in Grandpa's crawl space. Uh, oh, God. Oh, dude, yeah. That's horrible. Okay. So, continue. Um, Sorry. For next week, everything went normal, and the only thing was hearing footsteps while I was in my room, but just made up any random excuse for them. Then my parents left five days later back to New Jersey. I was staying in Texas for three more extra weeks. And when I left, I moved my stuff to the downstairs room because it was bigger. Mm-hmm. So I packed my stuff in the upstairs to move downstairs. Now, about three days later, after my parents left, I was home alone. My grandparents were with my younger sister and my 10-year-old, my 10-year-old uncle. Huh, 10-year-old uncle. To go to his karate <laughs> class. And my uncle, oh, and my other uncle and aunt were both working. 
That's so weird. I don't know. Okay, so like I said, I was home alone. I decided I was going to take a shower, then head upstairs to the theater and watch another movie. So I undressed, took out my hair, got into the shower. I did what I had to do, danced to my music that I was playing, and yeah. <laughs> yup, relatable. <laughs> but about 10 minutes into my shower, I heard a loud bang come from my walk-in closet in my bathroom. I got startled, of course, so I rinsed off and got out. I didn't go check because I seen a lot of horror movies and I was not going to make one of those dumb mistakes. So I ignored the sound like it didn't happen and began getting dressed and brushing my hair. And while I was jamming to my music, I heard pots in the kitchen rustling together like making metal clacking sounds. The kitchen was right by my room I was staying in. I didn't think much of it, though, because I thought my grandma came home early to mm-hmm. start making dinner or lunch or something but then again I heard louder pots and pans banging and wrestling together so I got out of the bathroom to see if my grandma needed any help with anything but when I walked into the kitchen there was nobody there but pots and pans spilling out from the cabinets and it nope. was yeah it was and the cabinet doors were just wide open I yelled grandma abuela Spanish for grandma because my grandma spoke Spanish just FYI but there was no answer at all I couldn't leave this mess here and then get in trouble for it. So I cleaned the mess, which took about 10, 15 minutes. After I finished, I went back in the bathroom to continue to brush my hair. I began to jam to my music once again. And about three minutes into brushing my hair, I heard running footsteps going upstairs to my aunt's room. Her room was above me. And then a big, loud thump. I screamed to the sound and then heard running coming down the stairs and in the living room. I ran to my door, locked it, and waited for my grandparents to come back. I was so scared to open my door for anything or anybody. Now, while I'm there in Texas, my aunt told me she had experienced, she had a lot of experiences and how she had a dream with a ghost choking her and so on. One night, I stayed in her room because she asked me to. It was about one in the morning. She was sleeping and I was trying to fall asleep myself. I saw a black figure by her wall with its hands staring at me and it slid their head back slowly. I just thought I'd tell you that. Another night, I spent another night in her room, which this was three days before w- leaving Texas to go back home. I wouldn't make I wouldn't make it past that first night. Yeah, this there lot, wouldn't be there wouldn't be there would be no more. Uh, I fell asleep and so did she. But I woke up around three o five and I heard whispering in my head saying, "Come, come." No! Me being really stupid and tired at this point, followed the sound and it told me to sit in front of the mirror my aunt had on the floor, and I did, and. It said to look into the mirror, and so I did. And when I did, are you staring at the cat? No, oh. sorry. Oh, I, I, got thought, a te- I, I thought you were staring <laughs> at the cat. I was like, that was so creepy. No, okay. I got a text that said family announcement, and I oh, panicked. Okay. But it's nothing nothing big. Continue. Okay. Sorry. I literally thought you were having a staring contest. <laughs> okay. And when I did, there was me in a black room, and then a face in big with big red eyes and something giving me an evil grin. I screamed in terror that my aunt ran to me, hugging me on the floor while I screamed and cried hysterically. I continued to scream and cry um, until my grandparents came running into the room, debating whether to take me to the hospital or not. I continued to cry and scream. At a moment, I blacked out, and I don't remember what happened. But in the morning, my aunt told me I didn't go to the hospital, but they gave me medicine to help calm me down. My grandpa was a medic. And after that day, I stayed out of my aunt's room and... When it was time to go home, I was relieved. Either a spirit was trying to ask for my help, or I was on the verge of being possessed. Oh! See, okay, in the beginning of the story, I was thinking, oh, it's just like a ghost that is maybe like a residual haunting. They're just kind of minding their business. Yeah. They're just walking around. No big deal. Yeah. 
But then when you have the black character, the red eyes and, and the, the evil wh- grin. <sighs> I don't like that. No. Yeah, no. Nope. All aboard the train to Nopesville population us. So, so yeah. Um, let's see. Let's answer the question. Uh, either it was a spirit trying to ask for my help or I was on the verge of being possessed. I think this is my theory. Okay. There is a spirit. It seems like there's several spirits. There are a few yeah. spirits. There's a spirit asking to be helped because they're being held back yeah. by this demon that's there that maybe wants to host oh. on, on mm-hmm. the girl. Good one. Yeah. Yes. What do you think? I think, I think, <laughs> Loki. He loves his water. Oh. Um, no, I think that there is a spirit being held back by an evil demon. And I know, like, that's similar to yours, and they're very elaborate, but I think we're on to something. Yes. Okay. All right, so if this woman is listening to us right now, um, that's what happened. All right? Don't need to get into more detail. Yep. Okay. So, Lily, what's your next story? Okay, so this one is from a Reddit user um, named Satellite Cookie. <laughs> um and it says, did anyone else go to Lazy J Ranch Camp in Malibu Canyon and have a paranormal experience? Lazy Just J wondering. Ranch Camp. That sounds yeah. interesting. So, here we go. It says, I wanted to share something that I recently recalled happening to me a while ago. There was a camp in Malibu Canyon called Lazy J Ranch Camp, and my parents sent me for two weeks when I was eight or nine, and it was the only sleepaway camp that I made my parents pick me up early from. I went to a bunch of SoCal sleepaway camps, and I have never experienced anything like this in my life. I slept in my parents' bed for like six weeks after. Tell me more. (laughs) The camp had a lot of land, and it was mountainous and literally in the middle of nowhere. The boys' barracks were directly behind the outdoor stables for the horses, yet there was no stable. They would chain the horses up directly behind our cabin in a big raised polo-type field. In between the bunks and the fence, they would chain the horses. Or no, in between, sorry. In between the bunks and the fence they would chain the horses to was like a five to six foot sloped dirt hill that hit the foundation of the bunk. Okay. Right? So, one day, six or so boys in my cabin were throwing pebbles at the girls' barracks, and we used the path behind our bunk to sneak in and out of the bunk without our counselor noticing. We ran back and forth, exhausted, playing this game until the six of us ran back for a final time through the alleyway just below the horse fence. As we were sneaking back, we looked up and saw a girl, maybe seven or eight years old, sitting on the top of the horse fence bar, which was level to the roof of the barracks. Someone from the Someone from the six boys said something like, hey, what bunk are you in? We won't throw rocks at that bunk if you don't say it was us. <laughs> and the girl started sw- like swinging back and forth on the fence, using her hands to support her. And we were all like, what the fuck is she doing up there? <laughs> Someone else from the group shouted at her and was like, do you even go here, horse girl? <laughs> because... <laughs> Because we could see this kid, like, clear as day, and she was not in any of the bunks, nor had any of the three meals with our age groups throughout the week. Within seconds, the girl looked behind her as if something came up to her, like a horse, because she was looking to pet it. But we couldn't see past the fence because it was on a small hill above us. 
Within seconds, this girl was thrown from the fence and did somersaults down the hill, all fucked up and contorted, (laughs) and she came to rest about five feet in front of the first person in the alley. I was behind him, and we all freaked out, screaming like little girls, because this girl was like a pretzel lying against the foundation of our cabin, barrack, bunk, whatever you want to call it. That's so fucked up. We screamed so hard and ran to our counselor, and he got up and went back there, and I swear to God, there was nothing there. We had run maybe 30 feet around the corner from where this girl was lying to get an adult, and there was nothing. Mind you, this is a group of eight-year-old boys, none of us over the age of 10 at this point. Our counselor got so mad at us, but too many of us had seen it to just let it be, and we all wanted to go home that minute. Some of the kids that saw it were so scared they had full-blown tantrums to get their parents on the phone. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. Real quick, yeah. that would be, I'd be like, um, call my mom, call my dad, I don't care. Um, I, they're paying you, okay? <laughs> All right, Chad. Chad. Chad, the counselor. Um, <laughs> our counselor had to call the owner of the camp or CEO or manager. The guy you're scared of with a walkie-talkie and a golf cart. And we all told him what happened. The response to the matter, the response to the matter was probably the weirdest, was probably the weirdest thinking back on it. After we told our stories to the camp manager, he looked at us in complete shock. He was speechless. The guy goes on to say, who can stay the rest of the week and have a really fun time? And like five, six of sixth of us were adamant that we wanted home now. Oh my god! Which, thinking about it, is pretty bad on the camp because my parents totally could have been on vacation instead of shipping me off for the two weeks. Yeah. He then goes on to tell us that before the camp, there was a horse ranch mainly, and that one of the horse rancher's daughter used to feed the horses daily for a while. One day, she was sitting on a railing, and a horse came up from behind her wanting food, and she got scared and fell forward down the hill, breaking a bunch of bones and died. Nope. (laughs) This ranch is canceled. Yeah, that's terrifying. My parents picked me up within two hours, and the car ride home was silent. I love her parents. Yeah, right? I brought this up to my mother recently, and she was completely dumbfounded. My mom told me she was called from the camp manager that night saying a big fight erupted and that me and a few other boys were harassing other campers. (laughs) I don't know what to make of it, but it was real to six eight-year-olds. Well, fuck that ranch. Yeah. Yeah. my parents for picking her up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh my, oh my god, that's so traumatic. Like, you see a little kid around your age. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, that's a no. It's a no for me. That's a no for me, dog. You know what would be even scarier? What? If all that happened, and then a ghost horse actually came up. (laughs) Right? Like, and then, and then, like, a, like, a ghost horse apparition came up after her. (laughs) Like, re-witnessing that happen. Yeah, like, it's like a cycle. Oh my god. Yep. Uh, All right. So my next story, um, I typically would read the title of it, but it kind of gives it away. Gives it away. <laughs> Lily looks at my fucking screen. You cheat. Sorry. See, see at least I was I'm honest. Anxious. I wasn't even looking at your screen before. Okay. So um, all right. Ba 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 ba. Okay. This reads: Hey guys, once I went to the seaside with some friends. My accommodation was on the first floor. Funny enough, it was room. 13. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) The first day I arrived, I was very tired from driving, and when I went to bed, I fell asleep instantly, so nothing seemed out of place. 
The second day, I had fun at the beach, and in the evening, we decided for the next morning to go to another resort 50 kilometers from the one we were at that moment. So I decided to head back to bed early that night. The room was three beds, two on the side of the room, and one on the other side. I was sharing the room with a friend from high school. She was a girl, but we were not interested in each other. She was sleeping in the solo bed on the other side of the room. That night, though, she remained to party at a club where we met with another ex-classmate from high school, another chick, yes. She happened to be be in the same resort for vacation with her scout friends. I remember I was at the party, drank only a beer, and told them I will head to bed. I recall how I took a 15-minute walk from the club to the accommodation. It was around 3 a.m., What could possibly go wrong? Once I arrived there, I realized I had no sleep and started uh, started reading a magazine I found near the bed. Out of nowhere, I heard a woman's gasp coming from somewhere behind me, followed by mentioning my name. My name is Andre, the most common surname in Romania. (laughs) At first, I heard it really faint, and I thought it was from the room behind me, with some girl mentioning her boyfriend's name during, you know. (laughs) Either way... Either way, at some point, uh, someone from the room behind me coughed, and then it hit me. I realized the cough I heard was muffled, because it was through a wall. So the gasp followed by Andre, I was hearing all the time, was crystal clear. Oh, God. a little panicked, I I went in the hallway and started listening on the other doors. There I was only in shorts, on my knees, listening into people's doors. (laughs) But there was nothing. I entered the room again, and I could still hear it. I checked for phones in the room, thinking it was a prank, but nothing. I opened the window to check it from not coming from outside. Nothing again. It could only be heard inside the room. I called a friend from uni to talk to. She told me to say a prayer. I'm not a religious person, but I did it anyway. You think that worked? Not at all. (laughs) At one point, the whisper started to get faster and more violent. Getting annoyed and scared, I decided to scream, yes! And then it stopped. Something inside me told me that I did a (laughs) boo-boo. What the fuck? (laughs) I love this guy's terminology. Okay. Then it started again after 20 seconds, but like in the beginning, faint and soft. That was my cue to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) When I put my t-shirt on, I more like shoved my head really fast into it so not to lose sight of any part of the room for one second. I've seen many bad horror movies to let something like that get me. Put my shoes on and went back to the club. The 15-minute walk turned into five, and I did not run. (laughs) When I got there, I bumped into the scout girl. She saw me pale and scared and came to me and asked what happened. I sat on a bench and explained to her everything. Apparently, she was a supernatural fan. She even got excited and told me we should go back so she could also hear it. I didn't want to go back. She wanted to, so we compromised and went back. (laughs) I like how this guy thinks. On our way, she told me to buy salt, and I did. When I got in front of the room, she asked for the salt and then threw it on the doorstep. Right then I realized I will have to get ready for some exorcist shit. Almost prepared to die, we entered the room. The voice was still there, but somehow she couldn't hear it. At that point, I got really terrified. Scenarios of being cursed went through my mind. Mm -hmm. She thought I was messing with her. After she saw I was reacting to hearing it, she realized I was not lying and agreed to leave the room. We walked for like one minute away from the accommodation when we bumped into my roommate and some dude. When we told them what happened, they also wanted to hear it, so again, we returned to the room. (laughs) Once we entered, I could still hear it, but very faint until it went silent. It was about 5.30 a.m. We decided we should get some sleep. The scout girl crashed on the bed beside me. About 10 minutes later, I woke up hearing the voice again. 
Scout Girl grabbed my hand, and I could see for about for those 30 seconds in her eyes, she heard the voice calling my name a few times as well. She quickly went out of the bed and ran out of the room. I followed right after. That's me. Went to sleep into the car. I came back the next evening, and I could hear it again. So, yeah, I did not sleep in that room again. That never happened to me after. Never came back to that accommodation. But I think at one point, I want to go back there just to see if I can hear that voice once again. What, what did it want? What did this Attention. voice want? I know. Needy as hell. I, <laughs> That's me as a ghost. What do you um, think? Andre. 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 And then when he finally goes, yes, I'd be like, oh, shit, okay, like, sorry. Like, okay, what's with the attitude? Jeez. Yeah, you don't see me being annoying, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ugh. That's that's torture though because then that makes you think like am I cursed because no one else is hearing I I think that's worse when no one else yeah. can understand what you're going through no absolutely but oh or God. yeah yeah <laughs> all right what's your next story Lil okay so this one is from the Reddit user I am Queen O Nine all right which is Queen. a username I already like <laughs> this one is shockingly called the camp the camp all right so this one says. Hey guys, putting it all out on the table. I'm brand new to Reddit and I would love some insight on this collection of stories I have from my time working at this summer camp. Let's hear them. All right, here we go. So this is a really lengthy post, just so you know, but right. it's, it's good. So I'll start out by giving you some background on where this all takes place. This collection of stories is a bit lengthy, so I do apologize in advance. I'll try to stay brief, but the premise is quite important, so I might as well get the tedious details out of the way first. I worked at and lived near a summer camp in the northeastern United States that runs from late June to early August every summer. The main attraction of the camp is that it is an overnight camp. Staff and campers arrive on Sunday afternoon and leave Friday evening each week during the camp season while living isolated in the camp during the week. The camp has many, many cabins used for sleeping, a huge mess hall for meals, and about 10 other buildings ranging from quite large single-story centers to small supply sheds. The entire camp property stretches for acres and acres and is incredibly beautiful in that lush, cool, forest green way that the Northeast has in the summer. There's everything from big open fields and forests to a large pond full of fish and a long, long stretch of beautiful ravine with lots of exposed shale and wildlife. I don't know what shale is. I don't know what shale is either, but I want to go to this camp. This sounds so it fun. It sounds so beautiful. What could possibly go <laughs> It is set a good distance off any main roads, and you have to travel up a long driveway to get into the camp. The entire property feels like its own isolated universe. Campers are not allowed to have electronics. Staff can in the evenings and on breaks. No computers, no cars, and little communication with the outside world apart from what is required from the camp directors. When needed, staff carries walkie-talkies to keep in touch across the expanse of the camp. I went there as a child for 10 years and worked there for four years, and it's safe to say I have a whole lot of love for that place. But to anyone who has worked there, you would know that the place has a long and very complex history with the paranormal. Mm. Dun, dun, dun! I could write... I could write a full-length book with all the stories I have heard and have personally experienced there over many, many summers. I'd like to give a good overview of what the place is like as a staff member and share a couple of the more chilling encounters I've had. Many still give me shivers to this day, even though I have been somewhat desensitized to them for a while now. 
Most of these encounters I'm going to share with you happened between 2014 and 2018 while I was training and working as a counselor. I was between 16 and 20 at the time. Most of the activity happens at night during training week and just generally around staff of around staff of the camp. Rarely did the campers ever come in contact with the entities that lurk within the woods there. Why that is, I honestly couldn't tell you. My memories there as a young girl contain not even a trace of fright or things I couldn't explain. In contrast to that, the experience I had there as a young adult had me nearly in tears. Consistently, there were things that would happen each year without fail. To start, during training week or after the kids had gone to bed, many of us counselors would lay out under the stars outside the mess hall to unwind from the day. It had a beautiful, clear view of the constellations out over the wreck field and onto the hills beyond. Many nights, we would see quick blinking lights moving in erratic patterns, odd meteor showers when there were none predicted in the area, Mm -hmm. and often see strange red flickering objects deep out in the night sky. And no, these were not planets, as they would often be in the wrong place in the sky and only stick around one evening out of the week. Aliens. Alien. Aliens. That's what I got. That's what I got from that. I had a few friends. I had a few friends there who had a good understanding of our solar system. I spent many, many nights looking at their utterly baffled faces as they looked up at some oddity that had appeared, exclaiming that what we were seeing was just simply impossible, despite ten plus witnesses to it happening. Counselors often cannot go an entire summer without experiencing nightmares, many of which include figures standing in the corners of their cabins or at the foot of their bunks. I had these nightmares every year except my first year working there. I would wake in a cold sweat to a quiet cabin and the kids resting peacefully nearby. (laughs) Yeah. So, so far. That's interesting. I I just can't get over the fact that it seems that this person has been going here for, what, 10, 14 years? Yeah. Yeah. This is all happening as soon as they become an employee rather than yeah. a camper. Yeah. Huh. I know, right? <laughs> so, screams and voices in the night, carried into camp off the wind from the pond, footsteps pacing around buildings only for there to be no one out of bed, and items disappearing and reappearing in illogical places was all incredibly common. Doors with heavy padlocks would be found open with no one to blame. Occasionally, a counselor would get locked into a building they were in, despite no one being around to lock the door. People would walk into this job being complete skeptics and leave believers. Returning staff had to make peace with the things within the camp and just deal with it (laughs) and give fair warning to newcomers about the mysteries that seemed to live in the very floorboards of that camp. All right, here we go. My first memory of there being anything paranormal within the camp was in 2014 while I was training for my first year as a camp counselor. I remember that all throughout my childhood, I had been there had been a singular flat tombstone that lay on the hill leading down to the camp's pool. It sat right outside the girls' village, or the term used for all the cabins where the female campers and counselors slept. It was incredibly old, so old that the name and dates were unreadable, but the way the text was formatted made it obvious that it was someone's grave. No one could really give a good explanation as to why it was there. Everyone I asked about it simply told me it had been there long before then. My first year there, I remember there being lots of drama concerning concerning the paranormal, but I was too young and not close enough with the older counselors for any of them to share what was going on. 
By the end of the year, the tombstone had been removed and no one was allowed to talk about it or mention it if any of the campers asked. I remember thinking to myself that even though the tombstone was gone, someone still laid buried on that hill, yeah. no matter how long ago they had been laid to rest. Maybe the camp directors thought that by getting rid of it, they would bring an end to the paranormal activity. I think would make it even worse. <laughs> yeah. That's just me, you know? I don't host a podcast for the paranormal right <laughs> Well, unfortunately... They were wrong. Ooh, okay. Alongside the, alongside the mysterious tombstone, many stories rotated through my co-counselor friends and I as the newest staff members. The first stories I was ever told about camp happened during a training weekend in June of 2014. My friends and I had gotten on the topic of scary stories, and the older counselors jumped in to have a little fun with us. Side note. <laughs> He likes peanut butter. Oh, You may give Loki a little dish with peanut butter and he's just going crazy. <laughs> going to town. So, side note. Counselors at this camp were all given counselor names in our first year, and we strictly used those names during the summer to add a little extra fun in for the campers. For the story's purpose, I'll refer to all those people in their stories by their camp names. Smart. Yeah. I remember my brother went to a computer camp, and there was a, uh, a counselor that they called Spider Monkey. Why? Do you look like a spider monkey? I have no idea. What was Nick's name? I, uh, he was just Nick, I think. Damn. But, no, spider monkey, I believe, was like a small Ukrainian woman who was like <laughs> in her... My brother must have been about 16 when he was at this camp. And so she was a counselor, so she must have been like it, like 18, 21. Okay. Yeah, somewhere between like 18 and 21, like... And she was just like the small European woman, and they called her Spider Monkey. Huh. I'm gonna text my brother later and ask if he. That left me with a lot more questions than I intended to. Have. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. Where was I? Right. An older counselor named Gadget was the first to pipe up, telling us about the two famous ghosts of the camp. He told us about the ghost of a boy who could be seen running through the wreck field in the streetlights from the dead-end road that ran along the edge of the camp. Gadget told us he had been hit by a car after running after a ball and now spent his afterlife running as a shadow through the camp, scaring anyone awake to see him. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you tell Loki is looking up the peanut butter right now? Aww. Okay. The second story was that of the woman in white. Oh, oh okay. There it is. Under the same streetlights that lit the dead-end road that bordered the camp, a few small houses sat. Some nights, on some nights, sorry, a woman wearing a long, flowing white dress, shocking, could be seen standing on the deck of the porches. Um... Or on one of the deck porches. She would spend the night standing and staring up at the camp and be gone by sunrise. Hmm. There's always a woman in white. Always in white. My fellow first-year counselors and I were, of course, quite scared by this point. It was far past midnight, and we were gathered under the floodlights of a brightly lit pavilion near the wreck field and dead-end road. They had us scared by the end of the storytelling. <laughs> I don't blame you for being scared Not at this at all. point. Okay. Luckily, another one of the older counselors, someone who would come to be one of my dearest friends during my time there called Slag, simply shook his head and furrowed his eyebrows as he watched the older counselors spook us. Later that evening, Slag took me to the top of the hill that overlooked the wreck field and the dead end road. 
He could tell how scared I was at the rumors, but from our vantage point, he explained and showed me what Gadget and his friends had been talking about. Down on the wreck field, the streetlights caused long, slanting shadows to fall in a sickly yellow onto the grass. On one of the light poles, there was an electrical box, and the way the shadow fell onto the grass made the perfect shape of a small child caught mid-step. When I saw it, it made me jump at how realistic it looked. It was no wonder it became popular, as it truly could be mistaken for an actual apparition. Slag also pointed out to me the woman in white. Again, I didn't see her at first, but Slag's description helped. The woman in white was simply an oversized American flag that hung on one of the house's porches. That evening was clear and breezy. That moonlight, the moonlight caused the flag to look milky white, and the wind made it dance slowly around the flagpole, just as the dress of an actual woman would float in the breeze. I started to laugh in relief, but Slag's face stayed serious. He went on to explain to me that even though these were merely scary coincidences, we were not alone here. He explained to me some of what I have shared with you, and it made me turn serious as well. That night, my friend and I huddled into the same small bunk out of this newborn fear. We didn't realize it was the beginning of a long road of stories of our own. One of the places in camp that granted me the most unnerving... Loki's making so much noise right now. Okay. One of the places in camp that that granted the that granted me the most unnerving experiences was a building we referred to as day camp. We had a program where we would bus in the youngest age group of campers and they would have their own day of camp activities before returning home around 4 p.m. The building was the only two-story building on the property and used to be a house before the camp was built in 1925. The main space had had big, beautiful windows that led in the sunset. The kitchen worked but was a little run down. The upstairs was was a large attic-like room that served as a space to use for activities on the days it rained. Day camp was easily the farthest building from all the others. You had to walk through a stretch of woods on small, rocky trails to get there, and oftentimes you couldn't even hear the sounds of other people from the building. And that's saying a lot, as there are easily 300 loud, hyper kids and preteens <laughs> there each week. Day camp never felt right to me. The feel of the building gave me Blair Witch Project vibes, <laughs> something I didn't feel many other places in the camp. I tried to never go there alone, though I did need to close the building by myself occasionally. My body would tense up and I felt as if something physically pressed down on my skin any time I would walk through there. Every time I turned my back to an empty room, I felt as if an entire crowd of silent, watchful people stared through me. The boys' village was the nearest cluster of buildings to day camp. Unless day camp was being used in the evening by someone and the lights were on, it was nearly impossible to see the building with a blind eye. The dark brown wood blended into the expanse of woods that hid it from the rest of camp. That's eerie. Yeah, right? (laughs) Day camp got closed down around 4 p.m. after the day campers returned home. All the rooms were checked, lights turned off, padlocked back in place, and locked up until the next morning. 
My male counselor friends shared with me that every summer, once or twice a week, once the kids had gone to bed and the boys sat outside talking, someone would notice a light on in day camp. And this wasn't simply someone leaving the light on from the day. Sometimes the same counselor who closed day camp earlier that day would see the lights on in the downstairs, glowing in solidarity through the dark woods. (laughs) Yeah, right? I don't know. This whole thing is, like, really starting to get to yeah. me. I'm never going to... Well, I mean, I'm a little old for summer camp anyways, but still. <laughs> we wouldn't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> On these nights, the boys would take turns walking down the dark path there and back to get the light, returning, shivering, and swearing. They will never do that again. My personal experience with day camp came during summer of 2016. Every summer, the camp performs something called a missing camper drill. This simply prepares counselors for the event that a scared child would run away, staff staff would react quickly, and locate and calm them. The drill on a good day is already something that is taken incredibly seriously by all of the staff. The missing camper is a randomly chosen counselor each training week, and all of the other counselors have to go through the procedure of tracking the child down. To do this, camp is split into sections, and the eldest staff takes walkie-talkies, divide up the areas, and sprint around camp, camp looking for the missing camper, shouting their name, looking under and around structures in camp, and checking any locked buildings. The camp director will go around before the drill and do things to throw off the searching counselors, too. They'll unlock doors, lock others, move things around just to get everyone in the mindset of an actual drill. Of course, the area I was given to search alone, may I add, was day camp. As I ran through the woods and towards the looming house, I felt a huge sense of dread fall over me. And I seriously considered not searching it at all and just telling the other staff that I did. With shaking hands, I unlocked the day camp door and walked around inside, calling the name of the girl who was acting as the missing child. The floorboards creaked, and I remember how incredibly silent the whole house felt. Oh, no. Apart from my movements. The sun was setting at the time, and creamy orange light fell through the length of the building from the windows. It was so unnatural compared to the busier part of camp. I couldn't hear the other counselors searching, not even when I strained my ears. Every room and corner I checked, I braced myself to come face-to-face with the spirits I saw in in the nightmares. The ones I've heard crunching over gravel in the middle of the night, the ones who speak softly in the dark, and make even grown men run back into their bunks unnerved. The building was clear. I sighed in relief as I locked the door firmly behind me and headed back outside. The air had begun to get chilly, so I hoped the drill would be over soon. Searching in the dark would be nearly impossible, and I knew that Swift, my friend who was acting as the missing kid, had no desire to creep around camp in the dark either. (laughs) As I walked past the external cellar doors that led under day camp, I gave them a good shake to check the padlock on them. Locked. 
This was a location I was previously told I did not need to open or check for this drill anyways. I went on and searched the woods surrounding the building, found nothing, and reported it on my walkie. I was told to keep double-checking the area until Swift was found and the drill ended. I started walking back slower this time as I was fairly positive Swift was over half a mile away on the other side of camp. As day camp came back into sight through the trees, I froze in confusion and, and fear. The cellar doors of the day camp cellar were both flung open, oh, no. and a yellowish light shone from the inside. It was just becoming dark enough that the light spilled out and illuminated the space around it, while the shadows of its surroundings only pushed in darker. Never in my previous three years working at that camp did I even know those doors even opened. <laughs> yeah. Never did I know that there was even a key for that padlock, nor did I know there was a working light down there. I was completely stunned. Shivers ran through me, certainly not from the evening chill. Swift, I called. Not in the way I would call to a camper, but as I would call to her normally. Nothing moved, nothing made a noise. The fear felt cold and numbing in my veins. I crept to the top of the cellar stairs and peered down. The space was lit by a single exposed light bulb, <laughs> showing me six or seven rotting wooden steps and cold-looking stone walls all broken with age. The floor was dirt, and there was no objects inside the cellar. The sound of my radio going off that Swift had been found nearly made me jump out of my skin. I fell backwards onto my butt in the grass and spent another second staring at the bizarre scene in front of me. I scrambled up and back towards the rest of camp as quickly as possible. To my surprise, as I arrived back, my friend Amino also appeared visibly shaken and was talking quickly. She was telling us that during the drill, she was walking by one of the maintenance sheds on camp, another location with a padlocked door. Oh my god, that scared the sh- that scared that the shit out of me. That was my charger. Sorry. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm we're really getting into it now. I'm. <sighs> okay. To her surprise, the door started shaking violently against its padlock, much more than any wind or draft could do. Amino, fully believing that Swift was trapped in there as part of the scenario, quickly found my other friend, Handles, and got the key to open the shed. As they swung it open, they found no one. In fact, the maintenance man, Sparrow, hadn't even been to camp that day, so there was no way anything or anyone could have gotten trapped back there. She was so shaken up, she could barely get her story out. I also told everyone there what I encountered. Everyone looked at us, jarred by our stories, but none were surprised. Did anyone open the doors to the day camp cellar as part of the drill? I asked some. I asked to some of the senior staff members. They shook their heads. Swift wasn't located near either of those spots anyways. She was hiding up past the pond, Wonder, our program director said. Swift's hiding spot was nearly as far away as day camp was to the rest of camp, but on the complete opposite side of the property. Everyone was shocked, but there was nothing to be done. The camp directors and senior staff could do little to comfort us because they knew it too. We simply weren't alone. Ooh. Yeah. Later that night, there's more. But wait, there's more. Because I'm in the nighttime. (laughs) Later that night, my friend Tanter and I returned to day camp to close the cellar and put the padlock back in its place. 
It hadn't been open for any reason since then. Day camp continued to be my weakness <laughs> as I went into my fourth year as a program specialist in 2017. That year, during one of the programs I ran, one of I ran, sorry, my group campers, I'm getting really excited because <laughs> my group of campers chose day camp to be our meeting place. I was reluctant at first, but this time I had my friend Ouija. Oh, God. Yeah, with me as my co-counselor. He is someone who I would trust in the Paris catacombs if need ever arose. He was and is incredibly in tune with the paranormal world and is very knowledgeable on how to communicate with it properly in a way that they listen. Yeah, right? So here we go. He explained to me that my hunches about day camp were true, that there was most likely no place in camp that didn't attract spirits in some form or another. I made sure to always have him nearby inside day camp. By the end of the summer, I I could almost relax in there. It was as if whatever dwelled there graciously took its eye off of me and let me rest. Mm. I realized how long this collection of stories has gone on. In truth, this isn't even half of what I have seen or heard about from people I trust, but I'll leave it here for now. Fortunately for myself and anyone that worked at camp, whatever spirits share that space do not seek to physically harm anyone. They like to be seen, talked about, remembered through stories. They enjoy adding their own mystery to camp. I truly believe they only wish to remain a part of the camp's identity. It is a place with much history. My grandfather went to the same camp as a child himself. Yeah. And so, so much energy inhibits this place. I think they cannot help but want to join in. The deep green woods, the aging structures, the ruins and secrets and stories that camp holds are their home. And anyone who treads there comes to learn and respect that. So, yeah. I love these type of stories just because they are so in-depth and they give so many different stories. Yeah. I mean, obviously, all of our experiences are short or they're long. I mean, all of them are amazing in their own ways. But it's so cool being given pretty much, like, detail-by-detail experience. Yeah. Breaking down over years, years of working there. So it's not like... In her four years or his four years of working there, it was just one experience. Mm-hmm. There was different things that occurred. Yeah. And it wasn't even just this one person. It was to most people yeah. that worked at the camp. Exactly. And if you read the comments on the post, too, everyone's like, write a book, please. <laughs> we need more. We need more. Well, hopefully but, well, hopefully they write some more on Reddit because yes. I would definitely love to hear the other half of those stories that they say they yes. haven't included. Exactly. So. All right, so my next story is titled, A Ghost Hunted Me on My Vacation. Yeah, so I decided to go to Mexico to visit my dad's village, but my parents didn't want to go, so I decided to go with my two aunts and my two cousins. After days passed by, we decided to go visit our family's graves. After we came back home, things started to go wrong. That night, when we came back from the graveyard, I woke up and I felt my blankets being pulled away from me. I wasn't sleeping alone. I was sleeping with my cousin beside me and my other cousin in the other bed. I was terrified so much that I had to force myself back to sleep and I didn't say a word about it. Hmm. Until I told my aunt about it in the restaurant. When we came back to the house, all the lights were on, even though we had previously turned them off. That night, I couldn't stop shaking because I was afraid. My aunt started to have these nightmares repeatedly of me and my cousins crying, saying that we were scared of something. My aunt was concerned about us, so she wanted to check in on us, make sure we were okay, but our room was always locked. The situation had gotten worse 
when my aunt started to hear voices and a ball of mine got rolled down the hallway even though no one was downstairs. <laughs> my cousin heard tapping on our door and our door kept shaking at night. My aunt decided to stage around the house and it seemed to work. When we got back home, I told my parents about it, of course. My mom and dad didn't believe me. And even though I told them that I had seen and heard things in the house ever since I was a kid, that happened to me on my vacation. And you could say I was way too scared to ever come back to that house ever again. (laughs) Uh, I am 14 years old right now, and every time I talk about this, I start to get scared. I am scarred for life. So it's a short story, but it makes you think like, they, okay, this all seemed to happen after. Hey. I know Boots likes to. Boots mess just with tried Loki. to bite Loki's eyeball. Lo- Loki, come here! <laughs> I really so, thought I was about to witness like a full blown carnage just now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a so, scary one. It makes you think like. What happened when they left that graveyard? I mean, yeah. did something follow them? She, this this yeah. girl explained that she had experiences at home even before vacation, but this seemed to be something that really stuck out to her, that scarred her. Yeah. So it's like, what uh. was that spirit? And I, and also, um, from like what you see with like certain Mexican traditions and things like that, spirits and, you know, talking to your loved ones that have moved mm-hmm. on and celebrating their life, that's really important. So it's like... What are these spirits? Like, yeah. why? Like, how, how is there a connection? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's fascinating. Yeah. I always thought it would be a completely different experience to be visited by a family member who's passed away than just anyone else's. Like, I don't think spirit. I would be scared if I saw a family member. Because, yeah. like, you're used to them. And yeah. I think that in that moment, you're kind True. of in like a state of shock, but also yeah. happy you're seeing them because you yeah. never thought you'd be given that opportunity again. So. Startled, but not scared, I think. Yeah, is how yeah. I, yeah. Definitely. All right. A ghost you don't know, it's like an intruder just coming into your yeah, house. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. See, you get me. That's, you get me. That's how we have this podcast. <laughs> okay. So this one is also kind of short. It's from a user named Shithead Red. <laughs> so this happened... So it says, this happened to my father, not me, but too creepy not to share. Oh, and the God. second I saw too creepy not to share, I was like, copy, paste. <laughs> Tell me more. My father went with a group to go on a trip to Tanzania to do some medical work in a poorer village. For a few nights, the, for a few nights of the trip, the group stayed in a hotel. My dad was sharing a room with another man from the group, separate beds, One night, he is woken up by his roommate who has the light on. He looks terrified, is trembling, and praying. My dad asks what's wrong, but he won't say anything about it. My Mm. dad is obviously concerned, but since he can't do anything about it, he just goes back to sleep. The next night, in the middle of the night, my father gets up to pee. He walks to the bathroom and starts to relieve himself when he catches a very strong scent of body odor. Mm. He and most of the people from the group are daily deodorant wearers, <laughs> being from the U.S. Many locals in Tanzania don't wear it as frequently, so when the smell hits his nose, he realizes his roommate. He he realizes he and his roommate might not be alone. He turns around and sees, standing in the doorway, a local woman shaking violently. Her eyes rolled up, locked on the ceiling. <gasps> he panics, as no one could have been able to get into the room. He turns back. He turns back around towards the bathroom in a moment of confusion, but when he looks back, she's just gone, as if she had never been there. No. Shaken, he goes back to bed, thinking he was dreaming or seeing things. He lays back down on his side, and adrenaline starting to wear off. 
He begins to doze off again. Suddenly, the smell returns. He slowly rolls over and looks to his left. There, in the bed beside him, is the woman laying flat on her back, eyes glued to the ceiling. Again, (gasps) panicking, he breaks his line of sight to her, and again, she is gone. My dad wasn't able to get back to sleep. The woman never made another appearance. He asked his roommate about it the next morning, and he had encountered the same thing the night before, which is why he was so shaken. It could be explained by the fact that they were both on anti-malarial drugs, which can have side effects that include strange dreams, but still super creepy. And definitely weird that, even if it was caused by the medication, both my father and his roommate experienced the same yeah, thing. I was going to say that. I was like, okay, it's one thing to experience delusions and hallucinations. But, but the, the same, same thing. thing. And at the same time of night? Yeah, uh-uh. I don't like that. Shit ain't right. Who is this woman and why is she staring up at the ceiling? What is like, what is yeah, up there? That's when you call housekeeping and say, check the ceiling for dead bodies because yeah, I'm sorry. shit just went down. Okay. So my last story is titled Haunted Hotel slash Ex-Mental Ward Experience in Arizona. Okay. Hello. This happened about three years ago, but has really affected how I think about ghosts and the paranormal ever since. When I tell friends, some of them find it very creepy, while others say they don't believe in any paranormal things, and while it is odd, they feel there must have been some other explanation. I feel that this community may have some input, so here it goes. I do have photographs supporting this, but they have my face in it, so for privacy's sake, I'll leave them out. Explanation will be further down. I took a family vacation, me, my parents, two siblings, over Christmas. All of us were already adults at this time, and while my family is agnostic and holds out judgment for the afterlife, none of us are religious or believe that there is a true afterlife with heaven or hell. That said, my parents thought it would be fun for us to stay at a haunted hotel in Jerome, Arizona, on our way to a resort town further down the road. Oh, boy. This whole town is supposedly haunted, but especially the hotel, which which used to be a mental hospital that has long since been converted. We checked in and are given one of the most supposedly haunted suites because we needed two large adjoining rooms for everyone to fit so far everything is normal until we get to the room my mom and sister suddenly smell something they described as putrid in a spot in one of our rooms i couldn't smell it so dismissed it and moved on we took a walk around the town and i asked a bakery owner about the haunted stories and she said it's just accepted that sometimes things fly off her shelves at home but nothing hostile here is where the weird stuff starts We signed up for the nighttime tour of the hotel and a largest group of people, and we were all given electromagnetic readers while we we walk around. We got to go to this place. Right? I know. It's I want to figure out what place this is. Yeah. And they're given electronic magnetic, electromagnetic readers while we walk around and hear the stories of the mental patients that died there. Halfway through the tour, my dad and sister hear a sound and turn around to see the doorknob of a room next to them shaking, rattling incessantly. I didn't personally see it, so by the time I was getting bored. I always thought it would be cool if ghosts existed, but don't really believe they can do anything to affect the personal world. I asked my other sister to take some Instagram pictures of me in a cool-looking couch (laughs) in one of the haunted suites, and she took some quick shots. I passed my hand over the table in front of me to pose when I felt an extremely cold, chilling sensation in my hand wrist and told her to stop. 
When I looked at the photos, I was shocked. I have a series of three photos where you can see where I am switching around with a star look on my face, shaking my hand, and there is a white cloud streaking around my hands and wrists in the photos that appears and disappears throughout the three photos. Needless to say, I was scared. I was no longer willing to sleep on my own, so I took the bed with my mom. Yes, I know. <laughs> my dad and sisters slept a bit and went to walk around them in the middle of the night in the boiler room where they said they felt some weird stuff. I don't remember exactly what happened, but one of them felt a very sudden strong chill on their back. Meanwhile, I was sleeping, and my mom suddenly woke up and slammed her hand on the dresser. She said sorry and went back to sleep. She's never been a sleep mover, but whatever. <laughs> randomly just slaps her hand on the dresser. Okay. I slept pretty deeply that night, but I kept being woken up by a loud clanking, rattling in the halls that sounded like gurneys being wheeled back and forth. This is not a busy hotel in the middle of the desert. In the morning, my family said they heard it too, but when my dad and sisters walked around, they saw nothing. In the morning, my mom said she had a dream that there was a little boy and a young nurse talking to him. Then the nurse aged and became mean and scowling and raised her hand to hit the boy. She said she then heard a voice telling her to hit him herself. This is why she hit the dresser. Ah! Okay. Keep in mind that this was a mental hospital. One of the ghosts there is supposed to be a little boy, but no one knows why or how he had died. Does anyone else have experiences like this? For me, the photos are really what made me believe something was going on past explanation. And the fact my family can confirm these happened is what makes me not dismiss it so easily. At the same time, I don't know how to explain any of this. That's crazy. Holy shit. But isn't that nuts how when we have a dream and it's just in your mind, but then your body physically reacts to it? That always freaks me out because I, okay, I don't know if you do this, but right before I'm about to fall asleep, Mm -hmm. sometimes I catch myself like my foot twitches or my arm twitches. Do you ever do that? I mean, yeah, sometimes. Or like, do you ever like, as you're dozing off, you suddenly feel like you're falling and you like jolt yourself awake? Yes. Yeah. Like, there's times, like, that shit's scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if this is true or half true, but they say that the reason why you may have those reactions where you're falling and then you wake up is because Mm -hmm. your heart rate starts to get a lot slower, kind of to the point of, like, your body doesn't know why it's slowing down so much, and it kind of jolts you back to kind of, like, wake you up. Oh, that could be. They say say it's, like, your heart or your body, like, thinks it's, like, you're dying and tries to, like, jolt you up. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean that kind of makes sense though. It's not. That it does crazy. make sense. I have a theory, you know. But yeah, it does make sense. So um, okay, I, I wish I, I wish she posted the pictures. I'm kind of curious. But yeah. What are the odds that she feels a coldness and then in the pictures is? Yeah, that she. Yeah. Nope. Nope. All right, Lily. What is your, this? Is your last story coming up? Yeah. All right. What's your last story? Okay. So this one, I don't have a title for it. Um, we'll make one up. Okay. Well, the username is Benjen Victorious. Victorious. So, my crossword puzzle app just flashed, <laughs> reminding me to do my daily challenge. <laughs> okay. So, it says when I was around four years old at the time, my parents are avid campers, but they camp in luxury. My dad is deaf, and each year he and many of his deaf friends that he went to school with get together, and they all take their RVs to various campgrounds and spend some time together. 
This particular camping trip, the day was winding to a close, and my dad and a few of his friends built a campfire. Many of my dad's friends started pulling their chairs close so they could sign to one another via the light of the fire. Being a little kid, I wanted to make s'mores, so someone gave me a stick with a marshmallow on it without really knowing I had never roasted a marshmallow before. I stuck the thing right into the flames, and as you can imagine, it was very quickly engulfed (laughs) into a ball of fire. Being four, I had no idea how to put it out, so my first reaction was to wildly start waving the stick back and forth, up and down. I'm 23, and that would have been my reaction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Almost immediately, before anyone could react, this flaming marshmallow flew off of the (sighs) stick and smacked me right in the center of my forehead, essentially covering my face in molten goo that is rapidly streaming down towards my eyes. Everyone around me flipped out. My mom, who's hearing, is screaming for help at the top of her lungs. I'm being grabbed by like four or five different sets of hands trying to scrape this thing off my head or pour water on me, etc., etc. I'm trying to picture this right now. This is... Sounds like a circus. (laughs) The only other hearing woman in my parents' group of friends was in her RV at the time, and her husband, who is deaf, was standing in the doorway. She motions for him to move out of her way when she heard my mother screaming, but he didn't understand what was going on, so she eventually just tackled him out (laughs) out the door of the RV and ran across her site to ours with the entire cooler of ice water in hand when she realized what was going on. I essentially had to be dunked into this cooler headfirst by all of these adults to put the marshmallow out. Luckily, I escaped the incident with very minor burns that have essentially left no scarring as an adult. It's one of those stories that has followed me my entire life. Hey, remember that time Benjen Victorious lit his head (laughs) on fire with a flaming marshmallow? At first it used to annoy me, but now I wear it like a badge of honor. So basically what happened was this marshmallow went flying without reason. (laughs) It's a haunted marshmallow. And as I read this, because the title, I had the title, I just didn't copy it down. Okay, what are we going to entitle this? Um, Possessed Marshmallow. I don't want some more. Ah! like that one. There it is. No, that is that so is. bad. <laughs> but it was something along those lines of camping horror stories. I, so. th- I just think this is, to me, more comical. And the fact of you just can picture this little kid has this flaming marshmallow on oh, his face. <laughs> Everyone's trying to figure out, and then like there's people that are deaf, people that aren't deaf, and everyone's trying to communicate, and they don't know what the this fuck's going tackling on. Tackling a man because he can't hear what's going on. Yeah, exactly. So that oh, was God. kind of my. That's a good way to end. That's yeah. funny. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, all right. mine are all camping stories because I'm. I don't know. Lazy, camp, I guess. Camping they were, mood. They were the easy. They were the easiest ones to find. There was there was the most abundance of them. Well, and now ne- this year, twenty twenty, when you go to Camp Bisco, you better <gasps> have some paranormal experiences. Oh my god! Yes, I actually do need to buy that ticket. Remind me. Yeah, I did see you post something about that. When do you have to buy tickets? Um, are they out now? I know a girl who's selling them, so I might just buy it from her. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do that when I get. Are home you gonna tonight. do like? Are you gonna camp there and yes. stuff and do that? Well, one? I have a hotel room. Okay. <laughs> in my name that I got because. When I camped, my it was my first time ever camping, uh-huh. and it was a heat wave. It was the hottest one oh, on record no. that they've had at that venue. It was one of the hottest summers in like however many years, and that was my first time camping. So I'm gonna I have the hotel room safe. Yeah, and it's so I, I'm I'm thinking that I'll be, you know, maybe I'll like stay with at my friend's camp like one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Just I'll I'll bring it. my little, you know my little tent, my little one-person tent uh-huh. and stuff for one night and hang out with them, but 
That's smart. Yeah. I yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I think concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things. All right. Um, actually, I want to ask you. So, um, when you you're going there for the marathon, right? You're going to Disney while this is yes. yeah. So, what is your favorite park? The Magic Kingdom. Me too. Me too. I was I was afraid that was like a basic answer. So I. It's a classic yeah. answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's got all the. I don't know. I just love it. And also, Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides. Isn't that in Hollywood? No, that's that's uh, Tower of that's Terror. That's what I like. That one. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite rides too. Um, oh my gosh! There's gonna be people all spooky, all dressed up like ghost servants. Maybe I should bring some JGT some stickers. Oh, I'm gonna take so many pictures. This is gonna be like my trip as an influencer. All right, awesome. So you guys definitely <laughs> check out our Instagram <laughs> at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast, and Lily will be posting tons of Disney content because I feel like I feel like paranormal people love Disney too. They they it's, see, it sure seems a, like yeah. another common ground that yeah people have when they like the paranormal. They like Disney because. Yeah. I don't know. And also in Disney World, and I don't know about Disneyland, I think all Disney parks, you can never actually be declared dead on the property. Well, no one has been declared dead. Usually they take them to the hospital and they're they're dead on arrival. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the happiest place on earth in that case. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think no one's ever been, I know for a fact no one's ever been declared dead. I don't know if, can you outlaw people being declared dead? I don't know, but I feel like it's Disney and they own a lot of shit. So (laughs) I can only imagine like the control they have over that. That that wouldn't surprise me. True. We'll all ask. I'll ask around. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'll get back to you. All right, guys. Thank you so much again. Um, yeah, let's go through our social media. Yes. So again, Instagram, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Twitter, JGT Podcast. Facebook, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And you could totally donate to our Patreon, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share um, on our show, just email us at JustGhoulieThingsPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> that was an awesome way to conclude that. Thank All right, you. Boo Thanks. Thank you so much again. And we will talk. Talk to Boo later. Goodbye. Goodbye.